0: Hi, friends, we're live in an echoey room at the Marshall Center. Colin, Connor, Vito, and our friend, Eddie Leonard. Eddie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> So um, we're doing this. First of all, uh, thanks to Jose Fernandez. We are doing this after the women's basketball defeat uh, against UCF. And Jose was kind enough to come out. He was going to come out and do this with us tonight. But unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties. Um, So blame Vito. And by Vito, blame Colin because he didn't bring the right equipment um, to campus. So, um, But we'll get Jose on the podcast hopefully soon here um, to talk about his team who is just tragically injured at this point. Like they had nine scholarship players on the floor tonight. You get 15 scholarships in women's basketball. They had nine. And the kids that played were kids. Um, I think a few of them are ineligible to vote, not just because they're foreign. And uh, I don't know if there are one kid on the floor tonight that can legally drink in the state of Florida. Raider. Alyssa couldn't Alyssa's 21 right yeah Yeah. so they're they're just babies and they're beat up and Lara Ferreira Mm -hmm. looks like she's going to be out for a while Um, but we'll get into women's basketball in a second so Eddie
1: tell us about yourself and why you're here I'm a, I'm a lowly chiropractor, and, and looking for spines. What a coincidence! I'm a spine and neck of
0: need of chiropracting. So, FloridaWellness.com for all your needs. Again, FloridaWellness.com for all your chiropractic rehabilitation and other needs in the area. Eddie, you've been a USF graduate for a long time here. Talk to us more about the your ties to this university and why people should go to Florida Wellness. Well, I can't say that, but I can I can, you can. say you can you I've known should. Colin for a while.
2: <laughs> I, he was in my fraternity when I pledged. He was one of my big brothers, and he stayed in the university a little longer than I did. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, I graduated in 2002, pre-med, and then I did my medical program in Daytona and, and came back because I love Tampa and big Bulls fan and big Tampa fan, so um there, there are very few things in the world i love more than tampa and colin <laughs> Aww, thanks buddy but but no I'm, I'm here because i uh i enjoy i enjoy the ruckus that that whatever the daily stampede
0: bring and, and and i'm here to enjoy this this opportunity so on brand here so um all right so let's talk uh Offensive coordinator. So it looks like um, USF has two candidates that are publicly known. I have also heard that there is a third candidate that has been interviewed for the position. None of those people are internal. So it will, looks like USF is going to go outside to find themselves an offensive coordinator. Um The three candidates we know about right now are Kerwin Bell, who is the head coach at Valdosta State University. Um, National champion, Valdosta State University. The Division II national champions. um, They throw the ball all over the place. They use speed and space. They're a hell of a lot of fun to watch. The tape that I've seen looks like a fun vertical type of offense that recruits athletes and puts them in position to win. People in space. People in space. Like something that USF hasn't done for, I don't know, at at least two seasons. Um, So it looks like a lot of fun. I think he'd be a really good addition. Um, The other guy that everybody's looking at and that is approved by one Bill Connolly of SBNation.com who said he'd be a great hire is the uh, offensive coordinator at Princeton, Sean Gleason. Um, I watched some tape on them. Um, They look like they throw the ball vertically as well. Aren't afraid to use space. Um, You know, a lot of the tape that I saw was featuring their quarterback, um, who seemed to get a lot of time to throw the ball. I don't know. I don't know with this offensive line, although everybody is coming back. And and, uh, Marcus Norman has said that he's coming back this year. Um, I don't know if any offensive line is going to get the kind of time that Princeton was getting. But um, they like to throw the ball. They like to use... um, put players out in space and certainly a guy that apparently at that level is considered a high prospect as a coach. And I know there's a third candidate. Uh, I don't know anything about him. I know a third person was interviewed. It is someone outside of these two and it is not an internal candidate, but it looks like from what we know of the first two, Uh, They're trying to throw the ball all over
3: the place and get a little fun and out there in space and do some things. And it appears Bell is the front runner from everything that we've heard. Um, You know, Florida guy went to Florida, played at Florida. Um, And from what we've seen on Twitter, most of our fans want Kerwin Bell. Um, But looking at some of the numbers from Sean Gleason had one of the best offenses and the FCS this year, in fact, uh, second in total offense, ran an excellent Ivy League offense. So both guys, um, different than what we had before in the last couple of years. So it should be interesting. But we should, we're should we expecting word on that, if not by the end of this week, sooner.
0: Uh, yeah. So um, the other thing about uh, Sean Gleason is his like, Well, why didn't he win a championship at Princeton? The Ivy League doesn't participate no. in the FCS playoffs. They won the Ivy League. That is the max that they can do. So if you're wondering why this guy isn't out there beating like Richmond and North Dakota State and in Eastern Washington and stuff, it's because um, the FCS, uh, the Ivy League and uh, the historically black colleges don't participate in the FCS playoffs, um, which seems kind of dumb to me, but. But one thing that Colin mentioned earlier is they're both young and up and coming. They're
2: not someone who failed in the P5 and are coming back to us, which we may or may not have experienced in our in our most immediate past. And that's really exciting for me. And, and I, as much as every Bulls fan wanted to see uh, a certain um, running backs coach have an opportunity with us. But I, I'm really excited in Gleason. I'm really excited in Bell. And, and I can't imagine anyone being really upset as a Bulls fan with, with young and up and comers
0: like that. So the other thing about Kerwin Bell is that he would bring, uh, possibly bring uh, an old USF face back, which is Danny Verpale, who is an assistant coach at Valdosta state. Um, Somebody reported, I don't know if it was Knight or Newberg or somebody reported that one of the hangups with Bell was how many coaches he'd be able to bring Mm -hmm. from Valdosta. Um, I'm certainly okay with a guy with a dynamic offense that's played at a high level that understands what, you know, FBS football is. Um, And Kerwin Bell certainly meets that standard. Um, I don't have a problem with bringing in a guy who was only coached at a lower level that, you know, if you can run a system, you can run a system, especially if you're familiar with it, but bringing in a lot of guys who maybe haven't recruited at the division or at this high level could be an issue. I mean, it's fine to bring in one or two guys, you know, that, you know, for scheme and and I can really coach them up, but recruiting is such a huge part of being an assistant coach. Um, So I don't know who those coaches would be. I don't know what kind of experience they bring, But whenever you're looking at assistant coaches, the ability to get players has to be the first question that you ask. And so I don't know what the hang-up is there between Bell and USF. It was reported that there might be one, but I don't know anything. Honestly, I don't know anything. I'm just reporting what everybody
3: else has already said on the internet anyway. cool. Uh, Nick, who is on our staff, actually – Lives in that area. He covers the Gulf South Conference, which is what Valdosta, Valdosta is in. Uh, Bell was Gulf, so C- Gulf South Conference Coach of the Year last season, and uh, should that hire be made, Nick is going to have a Nick and Steve are going to have a cool piece on his, you know, what exactly his offense is. So. I would say Curran uh, Bell
1: technically is 53, so young and up and coming, not so much. However, he's been around the block and he was a quarterback at UF. And in the World League of American Football, with
0: one of the great trading cards in sports car, trading card history, those bright neon, or I think they, what the hell is the team name? Was it the Orlando, the Orlando Predators? No, that was the Arena the, team. That was the, the Arena team. It was the Orlando. Oh, it, uh, well, Thunder! Orlando Thunder. Orlando, Orlando Thunder. Thunder. The Orlando, American Th- American and football. they had these bright neon green, green yes. I remember them uh, when I was living in Orlando as a kid. They were one.
3: They lasted one year, apparently. Was the right. World League only one year? You're founded ninety one. You're retired ninety two. Uh, I think they played two seasons. I think there were two seasons involved there because it was a spring league. So
0: I think yeah. they played two years, and then it be- then they moved to Europe and it became NFL Europe. Speaking of weird football, can
2: mm. we not throw a shout out to Super Bowl champion B.J. Daniels and Dearnest Johnson <laughs>
0: and, and whatever Right. That's very exciting. I can't wait wait to watch that. Yeah. So that went well. Um, uh, we'll see what happens. But again, I like the fact that USF is looking at guys that are dynamic and, you know, we're not looking at like people that are trying to, you know, plow the ball into the
1: line and, you know, play Willie Fred's triple option football. Um, Or just, you know, Charlie Strong's people he's familiar with. Now, question. Yes. Do you think that these floated offensive coordinator names are Coach Strong's? people that he's researching, he wants to bring in, or is there a little bit of push to bring in something a little different? Um, I would say that this is a collaborative
0: process that I can assure you. This is not like Charlie Strong, just calling guys, Charlie Strong knows. I think he's looking outside of his coaching tree. um, And I think they're using all of the resources of the department to try and find someone um, to bring a little bit of thought and independence to, to this process. Um, I think that's fair to say. So this is not just Charlie going through the Rolodex.
1: So that's rather enlightening because I know there's a lot of people who mentioned that based on the bowl game, based on this year, there's a lot of folks who just do not trust Charlie Strong as the head coach to not be conservative. But I think this is fair to say that if he's thinking outside the box, he can also do that. And um, and maybe one of those holdups for Kerwin Bell is how much he has full reign of the offense versus how much he has to give up. Because I'm sure being a head coach and then stepping down as offensive coordinator, there's something that you don't want in your headset saying, no, 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 we're not going for it on fourth and one of the plus you know 35. You want to be able to make that call. So here's the thing. I had a discussion with somebody in the department and
0: I said that the only way you're going to get the fans to buy back into this program is through. The spring game. So we got to go out there in that spring game and throw the ball all over the place. There better be footballs landing on Church Row, on Fowler Avenue, uh, Marshall Center, where we are now, villages. We need footballs flying all over the damn field um, to get this fan base brought back in that we have legitimately made some serious changes. Some Baylor splits, some five wides, some bubbles. um, Because who do we have coming September 1st? Uh, that would be Wisconsin. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're they're this team. We played them like years ago. It was very, it was very nice that day. It was beautiful, beautiful weather. Um, but they're coming in with a senior quarterback, and they love to run the ball down your throat. Um, so, And unfortunately, this new offense, whatever it's going to be, is going to have absolutely zero prep because you're not allowed to play exhibition games in college football, which is another dumb rule. You should actually get an exhibition game. Like, that should happen. But drop the FCS game. Mm, now nah, we make too much money on those, and it's good for FCS football. Like FCS football would be in deep shit if we stopped playing those games. Mm-hmm. Like all a lot of those guarantee games pay for a lot of kids to have scholarships in football. You know and I mean, so I'm I'm in favor of the FCS game. Um, I maybe like would change the rule. You gotta if you're gonna play an FCS game, you gotta go seven and five. You you um seven and five is totally fine. Um, but that's why I would change the rule.
1: You know. can't do two. Well, I guess they do one. it doesn't really count. I I just wish you didn't have to do it No, like it had to be before conference season started. Like what the SEC does. The SEC I so why ch- do they do that? So, chicken,
0: well, chicken shit Saturday makes sense from a scheduling standpoint for them because so many of their rivalry games are outside next the conference. Mm-hmm. South Carolina plays Clemson, Florida plays Florida State, Georgia plays Tech. You know, there's like so many of the games that You know, I I get the chicken shit Saturday scheduling because you get a, you put your bye week at the end, um, and then you give yourself a chance to play your rivalry game, and then hopefully you qualify for the championship game. So I I get it, but if we were in their shoes, we would do this. We would do the exact same thing. Believe me, if UCF wasn't a conference game, I'd love to have a chicken shit Saturday game the weekend before. So, um, Mitch Wilcox. Uh, bless his heart, has decided to return to the University of South Florida for his final season. Um, yes, give yes, uh, Kid's an athlete. He He's is, not returning. He's staying. Ah, uh, thank you, Mister Knight.
3: So, peace of
0: mind. At him, you coward. <laughs> I love Joey. He, Joey's Joey's persnicketiness about commitment. And now this are part of his enduring, yeah. enduring charm. Um, so Mitch is coming back. Um, I think it's interesting that he's decided to come back even not knowing what kind of offense we're going to run next right. year. Um, but that also leads me to believe that he asked some questions like, hey, who are we going to hire? And that makes me think that they're going to try and spread the ball. Around or, or he was counseled to the contrary. Or he was counseled to the contract, yeah. And so a kid like that's not making that decision without full input. Um, his dad, who goes to, like, every game, and is, like, the coolest guy ever. We love Mitch's dad. Uh, he, I, I, he's not going to let him make that decision without getting all the right information in. So big fan of that. Um, and welcome back, Mitch. Congratulations on finishing your degree, and I hope you stay healthier this year. Than you did last year because man alive, that kid played so hard when he was
3: being even with the nagging ankle injury that he was dealing with in the second half of the season. Nagging, <laughs> damn your leg looked like it was gonna her. fall off. Correct. Can't wait for twenty nineteen. And and and
2: speaking of which, which he announced that on Twitter, I'm super happy with the response. Twitter responded with someone calling out, I think Kayvon and a few other professional JPP mm-hmm. on trying to fund this on uh, campus uh, facility for oh, right. practice. And and it actually got response from Michael Kelly, and yeah. Kayvon Webster, and where people are actually discussing talking about
3: serious funding. MVS was one of them too. I saw that. Yeah,
0: and MBA, and some of those guys honestly haven't been real happy with the um, Varsity Club. Yes. Now the Varsity Club. Let's let's call a spade a spade here. Um, I was with some USF development folks tonight during the game. And I think it is very fair to say that they have turned over that damn department so many freaking times that it is impossible for them to build the relationships that are necessary. But then, what does Michael Kelly do? He gets smart, he goes out and hires two people that have those relationships that were in that department previously, They got pushed out, that were great at their jobs, and now he's brought them back in because all the donors are like, Give me those people because they know what they're doing and they know how to raise money. And so Lalo Prado comes back. Abby Ritter comes back and they've got those people out there directing these fundraising programs. Um, You know, that's how you're going to you have to build relationships at development. In Michael Kelly, I trust. Right. And and the response on Twitter
2: from everyone, including the people that were added Mm -hmm. was was awesome. It was. Yeah, this is what this is what that's for. And this is why we brought on Michael Kelly. Engagement. And this is exactly
0: what what this university needs yeah. more desperately than Houston has. Yeah. So that was the good things that happened on social media with USF football this week. Here's the bad thing. So in the mentions of Mitch uh, saying that he's coming back, Jordan Cronkright goes, been good playing with you, bro. Well, I don't know if anybody knows, Jordan's technically got one year coming back. He's allowed to play here next year. But I think that's a fair indication Jordan not might might not be a member of the Bulls next season. <laughs> Just throw it out there,
3: Connor. Your thoughts? No, he's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> 0% chance. So, um, day two in the draft?
0: Uh, oh, Kronk? Maybe. Yeah. He's a kick can play, man. Yeah. Like, two schools doesn't help him. Didn't have a great season this year necessarily, but you can but see okay. the skills. Look, yeah, he, look had, at, he had look a good at, first half. Look at Mr. Ford. Yeah, oh, he's so small. Right. The only thing I worry about Johnny Ford being your lead back is that. John coming.
1: You need a, you need him as part of a, a you committee. need him as part of a, an offense, not necessarily like a. a they got game. guys. I mean, they have that Brian Norris kid from Tallahassee that uh, redshirted, I guess, and he's that same Cronkite size. Not sure. No, we yeah. haven't seen him, but there he is. Yeah. And we have Elijah. Ma- no, we have Duran. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Travon. Sa- nope. Duran Bell. Travon Sant. Real oh. quick, while we're talking about people leaving, staying, whichever... Uh, since we last talked on this podcast, uh, Chris Oladokun is transferring, and somebody's asking on our hashtag AskTDS, any idea on where Chris or Brett will land? Of course, Brett Keane also entering the transfer portal. Uh, I have no indication. Um,
0: I would love to see Oladokun get a shot. Because for Keen, he's only going to be able to play one year somewhere. But Chris, I think, with the new rule, can play t- can transfer and play two. Um so Keen, just don't go to see. Oh, that, that's bad. You can't do that anyway. Cause there's a, if you transfer within the conference, you got to sit two years. Okay. So he couldn't do that anyway. Um, I don't think anyone would do, I don't think anybody would do that anyway, but, um, I would,
3: Keene's a rental for somebody. King Most might likely go back to Ohio, his home tap, his home state. Some Mac school need right. around for a year. Miami, Ohio. Miami, Ohio. Is, Ohio. is it
0: Technically from Florida. He is He's technically went to Ohio for JUCO. He well, no uh, high, school. High, high school. High school. High school. Yeah, there, he is actually a, a Fort Lauderdale. I don't know. Maybe maybe Lane or Butch would want him for uh, as a backup down there. I don't know. But I have no idea. Um, but Oladokin's is probably a slightly more valuable property to somebody just because. He is two years, and I have no disrespect for their decision. They they deserve it. What yeah. they went through last year sure was 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 painful. Taking Chris Oladokin. have we had a podcast since? No, then, not since, the, Not the game. No. Okay, taking Chris Oladokin out of the Gasparilla Bowl after two series is a fucking embarrassment. I'm sorry, that's that. That is a joke. I was hoping that
2: Brett was hurt, and then when he came in two series later, he was really. I was, I was confounded. I, you I, mean Blake? I'm no, sorry, Blake. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, I couldn't understand
0: why they didn't start him if he was healthy. Right. And why they did that after two series if he wasn't. Right. So if he's hurt, why are you playing him? It's an exhibition ball game. Mm-hmm. And if he's not hurt, then why isn't he starting? And then if Chris, if you're just trying to try Chris out and just give him a chance to play, well, then give him more than two series. So where did you screw up? Because one of these things is not like the other, and that's. And I don't know if Chris thought he was leaving all right I, I assume if you start a kid before a bowl game, you figure he's probably going to play next year for you. And then you jerk him around like that two series in and yank him. That's a, that's a joke. I'm sorry. I, and that's why, you know, this entire offensive staff, I'm very glad we're getting the new one. I don't know how much input Charlie had in that That decision. was my next question. I don't know. Um you know, I Do we have any idea on that one, who makes that call?
1: No. I mean, right. changing quarterbacks was prevalent when still Sterling Gilbert was the offensive coordinator, then also when Burke took over, right. so it's very possible it wasn't just him, or at least it wasn't just one person on the offensive staff making that call. But you can't jerk with a kid like that. I mean they were down 7 nothing when they
0: took him out of the game. If you if you're trying to win the game, win the game, but then start Blake. If you're not trying to win the game, if you're trying to get a kid an experience and chance to play, then play the kid and and give him more than two series. That's that's a, I'm sorry. That was a
1: absolute shit show, tire fire, and it's inexcusable. I was just perplexed if if you're Blake and the injury, and we saw what potentially happened, is as bad as it is. I get if you're better, you want to compete, you want to play it. It's an exhibition game. I mean, I, I just it's very odd that the coaching staff said to uh, allegedly Chris Oladokun that hey, you're going to play the entire game. And then, like you said, after two series, you, you swap them. It's even more perplexing for Blake why he wants to risk further injury if he's actually hurt. And I have a bone to pick with this game because I had to watch it at 1 in the morning over in London. <laughs> so <laughs> what, what really bothered me about the coaching of that game is
2: somewhere in the late third quarter, the entire defense gave up. It was so evident. They really were not on assignment. They were not on... Any slight ability to tackle someone they should have been able to tackle when when in an appropriate position. It was really just a it was coaching fail on every level in that game. It was wildly disappointing. Not that the whole season wasn't. Of course it was, and that's not what we're talking about. Just that game that the kids gave up. And 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 what is how is that going to transcend to twenty well, nineteen?
1: you were on the board for Gasparilla Bowl, or right. at least part of the committee. Yeah. How, how did How did the reception of that game, even though it was raining, didn't look like there were a lot of people? How did how did you feel as a bowl game? It went well, considering because of the weather, we had more events canceled than executed.
0: Um, Look, that's going to be a great event. And everybody that was involved with it this year is going to come back next year. And I think you're going to still be able to carry forward momentum. But literally between the weather and the selection of USF and Marshall um, and no ACC team that we were promised that we would get an ACC team uh it went about as well as could be expected considering and a lot of kids got a lot of christmas presents and a lot of bicycles and that all was mm-hmm. really really good so that's fantastic and i'm com- i'm committed to the event long term you need to be committed to the event long term we all need to be committed to the event long term um cuz i think it's going to be a great opportunity for for the city going forward but it just absolute freaking disaster and by the way like you know I don't want to do drive-bys here, but it's not like the Outback Bowl has gotten a lot of great publicity in the last three weeks. Sure. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's an opportunity for a younger, newer generation to help build a bowl game that's even more part of this community, or at least as
3: much of a part of this community. No, nobody loves Tampa more than me. I love what the Gasparilla Bowl can be, um, but you know, I don't want to see USF ever again in it, I'm going to be quite honest. Um, that's fair. Lowest crowd in the ten-year history of the Gasper Bowl. So I think weather had a a strong weather had a strong. the weather had a a, terrible all day. Ended up clearing up for the actual game. (sighs) Right. Um,
0: And by the way, if USF started zero and five and finished seven and five and then goes into that bowl game, they're going to sell more than twelve thousand. I agree with that. So, um, as far as the tickets go, the problem is they didn't lie. So, every other bowl game inflates like crazy, and for some reason, our honest friends, uh, Brett Delaney and Jack Heilig, decided to actually put, like, a legitimate, honest number out there. I think that the scan was, like, 12-6, and then they announced, like, 14 something Fourteen one thirty five. Yeah, like, fourteen one. So, man, like, y'all, I mean, these are my friends. you y'all got a lot better. Like, I mean... <laughs> You know, that's what everyone else does. Just just lie better. I mean, were, were we gonna pull the actual scan count? Yeah, we were gonna do that. But like the rest of the country wasn't gonna know that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, anyway, it's a it's a thing.
3: Moving on to uh, basketball. We're a basketball school. Are Men's we basketball? Are we
2: might
0: be um, at least better than expected. So. Men's basketball, in, or one-on-one in conference play. 11-3 um, overall. <laughs> get that in there because You want st- to talk about LaQuincy Le Redoux, correct? Mm-hmm. I want to talk about LaQuincy Redoux because I think that kid is the real deal and that's a redshirt junior leader can get to the rim, feeds other people, thinks basketball. I want to see him play against like a really stud point guard. He hasn't had to do that yet. I want to see him like go at somebody that's really good. Um... But, God, you know what? I, I've i seen some USF teams in the past that have, you know, across a lot of sports that are just really fun, watch. Some of, some of Claire's old volleyball teams just played so hard. Um, you know, Kenny's had some teams where the kids just really got after it every single play. And, you know, dogs, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a team in any sport at USF. It just tries harder Mm -hmm. than this men's basketball team. It is so ridiculous how good these kids like the effort is nonstop. It is 40 minutes. They were dead at Tulsa and then got it to tide and then gave up an unlucky three at the end. You know, you got to, to a guy that was shooting
3: 19%. I mean, he doesn't he hit threes ever. <laughs> and, and they and they, he just made the They shot. had it executed. They, they wanted the, the ball to go to him. And, and Gregory said it after the game. And it did. And he hit it. So credit to him. And that's going to happen. Like, But the they, hustle and They were down was, by nine with a minute yeah. and
0: 12 to go. And they ended up tying it. And, and they tied the game. And, and, and you're watching the game. And you watch them do this. You know, every time Tulsa started to pull away, they're just like, all right we're going and and they get every goddamn rebound. Yeah. They rebound like no team Alexis, I have. Yeah. Yetna. No. rebounding oh my machine. God. They're so fun. It's they, a lot of fun. And they, they're young. They're young. Mm-hmm. They're babies we're out new. there except yeah. for Redo. They're all kids. Mm-hmm. Um and they've got the, like I don't care if the offense is throw it off the shot clock and go get it. Cause like that was Bob Huggins offense for years that killed us when he had guys. <laughs> it's just like, all right, going to throw up a three. It's probably not going to go in, but we're going to get the rebound and we're going to play intense in your face defense. And we're going to try really, really hard. And if that's what USF needs to be, to get to the next level, to grow this program, I am fine with it. And, man, it is fun to watch these kids. They root for each other. They play super hard. They were at the football games.
2: They're, that was so – that was so pleasure – like a pleasure to see. I've
0: never seen that in the years I've been going to USF football games. And tonight, Brian Gregory was in the stands yep. for the for women's team. He was out there rooting on Jose tonight. So, like, I, I can't – I could not be more excited about this team and the guy that we got running it and these kids and – you know, I'm not saying they're going to the NCAA tournament this year, and I'm not saying they're gonna go on some crazy heater run. I'm hoping to break even. Mm-hmm. I think we're I think at this point we can even hope for maybe even a hair over break even. You're eleven and three already. So you gotta win six to get the break even. We head, got a road right? ahead of us though. We do.
1: Be- Beating UConn was huge for their perception, how sure. uh, their growth was, and doing, and how they did. But that game against Tulsa, who's a really good team in this conference, and they and they played hard till the on end, the road. And lost by a on the road. Yeah, and that was probably that was only their second true road right. game. FIU been the other one. That wasn't, yeah, that wasn't the in Jamaica. Right. And th- they th- they competed the entire way. That tells me that you might be able to steal one, maybe against. A Cincy who lost to or ECU or maybe a UCF if you and some of the higher higher level teams and that pushes the the bar a little higher than what we thought at the what was that was optimistic at five hundred so you never really know.
3: Also, by um, the way, sorry, not not an easy place to win. They've won fifteen in a row at home, so mm-hmm. to come back down double digits with two minutes to go, tie it up. Fall out the buzzer. Back to redo for a moment. Uh, honor roll this week. 22.7 rebounds, five and a half assists in both uh, the win over UConn and uh, the loss to Tulsa. Um, also fifth in the nation in steals. That's pretty impressive. He's a ton of fun to watch. So is this team. They're back home tomorrow na- uh, tonight. You'll probably hear this. Yeah, by the time you hear this, it'll um, be tonight. Seven o'clock against Tulane, who, to be quite honest, is everyone in the American Conference has a winning record except for Tulane. Uh, they, they're not good. So get out there uh, tonight. And you want to shameless plug this? There's a deal you can get. Yes. USF Athletics sent a
0: text message deal out. If you text green, G-R-E-E-N, to 48421, you got to text tonight. Five bucks for tickets for USF to late tomorrow night. Five bucks to go watch this team is... You know how we always say women's basketball has been the best bargaining, like in Tampa Bay sports for years? Bargain. This is the new best bargain in sports. It's five dollars to watch this team in a conference game in a game that might actually mean something like this is the University of South Florida. Men's basketball team. And it matters and it's good to watch and it's fun. And I i am telling you, and by the way, they're going to beat Tulane. Like, yes. Dwayne's not good Like, you're going to win that game tomorrow And and so go out and watch them And It'll be fun They're And they're going to beat somebody At some point this season on the road They're not supposed to beat And it, and it's going to be like one of those Upset upset City and Seth Greenberg Let's gonna make it Houston this. Houston sounds fantastic um, Get them their first loss That'll be kind of fun then, uh, Get them at home in a couple games, right? Yep the, And the thing is, is that the Knights They can beat the Knights They can beat City
3: First court storming here since... Why well, you keep calling the nights, bro? I know. I uh, was the, last you time the court was stormed at the Sun Dome?
0: Let me think about that. So... Is that what happened? Probably 99. No, no, no. The, the year we went to the, uh, the NCAA. Okay. 12. Um, 12. 12. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm trying to think before that. We, we had a game where our friend Scott Glazer made the kids go down. He's like, all right. You can storm the court, but you have to go down the steps. You <laughs> <He> wouldn't <laughs> let them jump over the rail. I remember watching that I, I think that was was that Marquette?
1: Huh? Somebody like that? Oh yeah. I think I think you're right. I think that was the Marquette game.
0: Um there when they were really when they were ranked in really good. Um we've had a couple, but it's damn, it's been a long can time. Do we make NIT
2: this year? Possible.
0: You probably gotta win nineteen to get to NIT, right? The 19,
1: 19 yeah. NIT, yeah. Yeah. I think the, the problem is you're out of I, if you're it, like it really, really, really worked well for this team getting to jail and where they are at year minus one. But that out-of-conference schedule is going to really plague you when it comes to seeding in sure. any time right. of yeah. postseason tournament. However, looks pretty it's, it's very possible. Yeah.
0: It was John Thompson the third who said on the Tulsa broadcast, he's like, yeah, when you play these non-conference games, you want to give your team a little bit of confidence. And like, John Thompson, third, famous for playing the Little Sisters of the Poor, um, recreational hard? league teams, and everybody else, and having like a schedule in like the 300s after, you know,
3: going into January. Every <laughs> the year fact so. that John Thompson's calling USF Tulsa, it says all you need to know. He's dropped a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, at Princeton offense, what are
0: you going to do? Um, so, women's team, um, RIP. So, here's <laughs> who's hurt everyone you know. Um, so, right now, uh, Laura Ferreira is out with an undisclosed injury. She's going to be out for a little bit, it looks like, um, which goes into Kit Luxa out for the year, Beatrice Jordao out for the year, Sylvia Surratt mm-hmm. out for the year. Uh, they had nine girls on the court tonight. Um, you get 15 scholarships in women's basketball. The men get 13, but the women get 15. So, generally, depth is a little easier to overcome out of this season. Jo- Jordao was, was All-American for two weeks. Yeah. She was
3: out there. Yeah, Here's the it. thing. Between losing Loxa, Jordal, and Ferreira, okay, that's 45 points out of the lineup. It is.
0: So. And yet they still out-rebounded UCF tonight in that trash zone, 42-30. That what zone be, is... That zone is just... So these clowns, okay, with their trash zone, USF out-rebounds them by six with a bunch of girls that um, are just not. Let's see. Who's on the court at the end? So Anna... Anna uh, was awesome. And just she's true. a she's a hustler, she cares. Uh, and she, when she makes those corner threes, oh, she Henshaw, Henshaw had a lot of rebounds. Where right.
3: her field goal percentage. So oh. we're out there with Anna Tamara, Sydney Harvey, Septi, and Shea Leverett. Yes, that was your five at the end of the game. And oh no, Shea, Shea fouled out. We she
0: had to foul, we yeah. bring in Pin, we had to bring in Pinzon, who's a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had sophomore Shea, a lot, uh, Pinzon, freshman, Sydney Harvey, freshman, uh, Septi, freshman. Uh, Tamara, junior, six, but six, six man woman off the bench last year. Jose calls them man, so six man off the bench last year. Um, and Anna, sophomore, who didn't play a lot last year. That's who was on the court for USF tonight. They just don't have any bodies. They don't have any bigs. Uh, oh, and, and Rader was out there too. Um, Raider was out there. She, she had a tough game. Um, they're yeah. the, she's having to try and play make a little bit more now um, because of just the injuries and everything. So like, she's trying to make like these. Cute elbow passes, opposite and stuff,
3: and like six turnovers for Raider. Yeah, one for seven from the floor, not for three from three. Uh, got some looks though. She got some looks that didn't go Anna,
2: in. And the queen from Denmark, I can't wait to see more of her. She is out there. She wants to win, and she when when, when everyone comes back full force next year, it's going to be a, a year to to remember.
3: They you know. did get. Tons of looks, like you said, Colin. Uh, in fact, they shot 28 threes, only knocked down seven of them. But when you're shooting twenty-eight percent from the floor, you're not going to win any game. Uh,
0: but how? Right. And, and the thing is, is that they got twenty. And and God bless trash zone because it was given up the corner three. Right, it was right. there. They just got to go in. And these girls, that's not their role. Is not you know drive drift. They they want we want to play drive drift basketball. And it was just sort of like not really in the rhythm of what USF wants to do. I think Jose actually did break out of zone. I'll have to ask him after the game, but I think at one point USF played zone. And if Jose Fernandez is playing zone, it's desperation time because he hates that shit. So um we got two men's we got two basketball coaches here that loathe zone with everything. Right. I asked Brian Gregory after <laughs> the the UConn the UConn game. Um I said, well coach you went to a little bit of zone there and he gave a great quote. I think it was um, I hate the zone, but I'm not stupid enough not to use it. And you know if they got to do it, they got to do it, and. So that's why I'm so excited about this men's team. And, look, it's probably
3: going to be a rough year for women's basketball. Jose said he's – you saw him after. He said he's never seen anything like this. Never in his junior years, junior college years, high school years, and 19 years here. Never has happened this just onslaught of bad luck and injuries. Another big thing tonight, 22 turnovers. The points off turnovers, 29 to 10 for UCF. Uh, he was pretty upset with that post game as well. So uh, it, it, it might be one of those years you have to write off, I think. It's unfortunate, really is, because they have a lot of talent on this team. Um,
1: and the talents there, a lot of them are just young. And now, as the year keeps going on, you keep losing players, and now you have to find new roles for players. And I mean, you saw the, today just shots were not dropping. There was just yeah. a lot of turnovers there. But, I mean... It's one of those things that They're going to get a ton of playing time And they're going to get a ton yeah, of right. time to work together And if you bring some you, you fix those injuries next year All of a sudden you might have a really, really, really good team and They made so, it a two point
2: game with five minutes to go But they just ran out of gas yeah. So gentlemen, who is the next best team on campus right
3: now Then Who is BTOC right now? Baseball uh, Baseball or off probably. Baseball pick to finish fifth in the conference. Um, but uh, according but that's to that's an NCAA team. Fifth in this conference is an NCAA team. Mm-hmm. True. There's usually, usually yeah. fourteen
1: league. Four four friend four of the five. blog, uh Josh Appel has said that some of the guys they're reloading with are serious players and that some like the guys from last year, Kyle Phillips, you get Joe Janord mm-hmm. back. Uh I'm this really the, looking forward is to Is this baseball. the
0: Josh Appel that I did this podcast with for the entire Four and eight season Who picked USF to win Every single football game Is it that same Josh Chappelle That's it I I love the guy I love the kid to death He's one of my favorite People in the world But like uh, He gets zero credit On that one Sorry but I mean I love you buddy But after that entire season Where we did this podcast Every week and you picked USF There was Who were we playing We were playing somebody We were like a 30 point dog And he picked (laughs) Picked us to win (laughs) Not to cover To win So So. well. So anyway, that's it. Um, Let me take a couple questions. Sure.
3: What the hell? Uh, what do we have here? Da, 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 da. We have to- predict next you? year's football record. Ooh, uh, good question. question. Tell me who the O.C. USF Derek
1: asks predict next year's football record. <laughs> okay. I'll look at the schedule real quick, but. Um, who are the crossover games? So if it's the same as it was two years ago, unless they're no. any weird flipping, it's not. It's, it's every four. You've every four years. Sorry, maybe
2: four
3: years at Navy. at Navy. At Navy. At SMU. Is that right? Okay. At Navy, at that right?
2: okay. Memphis.
3: We get Memphis. No, no, County? no.
1: Memphis no. at
2: home first. We get a ECU. We get we get UConn. Yes. Oh, and so that's you four division. No, you're talking. Right, about you. No, yeah, no, I'm thinking right. of all games now.
0: All so. yeah. ECU and UConn. They're win-win. Right. So those are. Four, I feel like those could be four potential wins right there. Throw in Wisconsin. Navy's Navy. There's no way Navy's down two years in a row. You got no, so? no chance? No they, chance. They actually... I don't know who that... If Navy... I still think Navy's most to Anyway,
3: Yes, SMU went home. At Navy, SMU. At, at Navy, SMU. I feel like those are four Cincinnati, wins. Cincinnati, Memphis, Temple. Cincinnati is a Memphis, a yeah, role. Memphis. I would probably think Cincinnati's
0: a loss. So... Yeah, Cincinnati's a loss. Um, even if it is here. So... Uh, BYU is... Questionable. I think is BYU's midseason, so we might actually be able to know who we are at that point. Um, Wisco's not not looking great. I'd say right now I'll go nine and four. And again, I go I go back to my default, which is this league stinks, and, and that eight. means we win the bowl game. That means we win the ball game. Eight and four. I say eight and five. Okay, I'm fine with that because that should be the floor at USF. That's why we're pissed about seven and six because. That should not happen against the schedule with the athletes that we
2: have. Unless Charlie has. shows us a, a different Charlie Strong where he's cutthroat and and doesn't play to lose.
0: Or an offensive coordinator that just does it for him. I'm if, fine, if, too, sure. if I'm fine me, with
1: either of If those. you give me Charlie Strong, the CEO, who lets BJM do what he wants to do on defense mm-hmm. and whoever the offensive coordinator cook, and they're able to to open it up and not be predictable, It, it it's like you said, and it... The, the conference, if you can beat a certain tier of team in this conference, you can beat a lot of this tier, right. a lot of this conference. And outside of Cincy, who returns pretty much everybody. Yeah. And, I mean, Navy, Tulsa, who's Tulsa, Tulane, who's Tulsa,
0: Tulane, Cincy, or Tulsa, Tulane, SMU, uh, UConn, ECU. Like, there's a ceiling there. You know what I mean? Like, you're not... They're not going to be that great. The teams in this league that can compete are Houston... Memphis occasionally, and and you know, <laughs> not in the, not in the second half. It's um, <laughs> never in the second half. Um, Cincy can can be very competitive. They've invested in that program. They hired a hell of a coach, um, and UCF, and and that's probably it for the teams that can legitimately compete for this league on a regular basis. Agreed.
3: Agreed. Navy. And so, uh, eh,
1: sure
0: Navy. Navy's Navy. Mm-hmm. Nah. Let's well, see. Not playing to lose. Not
2: playing. Not to lose. I, I think that number goes 10 and, and three even mm-hmm. but if we
0: play to to not lose then we'll be at best eight right. and we bring back a lot even though we lose we lose some but we, we bring back a decent amount of contributors and all five on the offensive
3: line so that's helpful too there's a
0: ton and hopefully years. those kids will start peeling off some weight instead of trying to gain weight so we can go more zone blocking <laughs> there I said it all right, go ahead. <laughs>
3: And the last one, Andy Taylor. Hi, Andy. Uh, what's going on with Laura Ferreira? Uh, uh, we don't know the exact quote. When asked if she he was gonna she was gonna come back for the next game, uh, no. What she's dealing with is a lot bigger than basketball. That's what Jose Fernandez said. So, well, it's a wait and see thing on that. Uh, but no, she won't be back for the foreseeable future. It appears we were told it was an illness at the beginning of tonight's game, but. Uh, Jose came out straight up and said that after the game, so. That's going to suck because that
0: kid has been here. Um, took her about as long as graduated as I did, Eddie, right. and, and she's still here. and um, Plagued by injuries. Always just that kind of thing stinks. And she plays so hard and she, you know. I mean, they've, they've asked her to guard one through five at this team at some point. She's guarded all five positions on the floor. They've had her be an out, like a, a three-point shooter in the corner, and they've had her play on the post. She was the the piece that they could always move around to stay in the flex of the offense, and that just sucks. And I really hope she can get back on the court at some point this season because she deserves it.
3: All right, that's about all the questions we have. So we're done here. So, um
0: Vito, You went to London over the break. I did. You got engaged. I did. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, So Molly, who we all love and think is fantastic and way too good for you, uh, for some reason agreed. Um, Maybe she's just keeping the ring. We don't know. But in the interim. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I, I say these things, and Connor's like, Did you really just? Yeah, I just said it. It's a joke. Oh, God. Anyway, um, so you met the guy who has written for our blog um, in some capacity since we started the thing when we were still back on like WordPress and shit, um, Gary. So you have met Gary. I
1: have never met Gary in
0: person. I'll let you tell the story. It makes more sense. Cut all
1: that. Yeah, I I met Gary. It was very funny. And somehow we were in Slack. I was mentioning I'm in London. And he said, oh, I'm going to be in London as well. And everyone (laughs) said, really, the first time anybody meets Gary, who we we know exists because he's done credentialed events in the Midwest. um, And you guys are going to meet in London. Yeah. So, uh, uh, we were already in there a couple days. Uh, we were texting back and forth. He got in, and he he said, "Hey, we're at, we're at this hotel um, by uh, Queen Victoria Station. This hotel is freaking gorgeous. I don't know what kind of money Gary makes, but oh man!" Uh, so, so we go in. We just go. We just go to the hotel bar. and We just hang out and chat about how he uh, started writing for the blog um, th- when he went to school and what he does now and. How he's been running a protector unit ever since But uh, he was a blast He was a f- really fun to talk to, fits right in His writing style is right Exactly how he is as a person too But uh, I understand he had a really fun time He was only there for like six days um, We were there for two weeks But uh, he was a, he was definitely a fun person To hang out with And he he mentioned that he's planning on going to the Georgia Tech game In Atlanta so nice. that, uh, The Georgia Tech game uh, So we're going to do the Daily Stampede uh, Stampede on Atlanta, sponsored by Ryan T. Smith, and uh, <laughs> that um, might be the first time we've
0: had the entire staff in the same room. Idea. Yeah. I mean, uh, we that been, the away yeah, game of next year. Yeah. Yes. Okay. For, it's game two or three, right? Two. Game yeah. two. Yeah. So that's going to be amazing. Um, and in 2020, it's at Texas. Yes. At BYU. Well, who's better, Mormons or uh, barbecue in Texas? I don't know. (laughs) Both. (laughs) (laughs) I've never never been to Provo, but people who've been say it is beautiful. I hear it is. Except for the minivans everywhere. It's supposed to be amazing. Um, So I really want to go just to, like, one of the prettiest, I think the prettiest game that I saw, I didn't go to the San Diego State game, um, but I went to the Nevada game. I heard Nevada was nice. Gorgeous. So, so nice. Um, Best fans ever. I would say Wisconsin. So the people who went to Oklahoma say Oklahoma. Um, I didn't go to that one. Uh, I had I had really good experience at Auburn. I thought they were great. Um, worst West Virginia, non non down the street category because they're always the worst. Yeah. But the the <laughs> the ones that the Virginia. ones outside yeah West Virginia I, they were so they were actually nice to me before the game and then they tried to fight me afterwards.
2: Um, I had the same experience at FSU by the way.
0: I know you're an FSU, like, secondary time. Oh, man, I am not. This is not true. <laughs> I, look, I'm... You I pose want, that way sometimes. I want Willie to win. If, I mean, if Florida plays Florida State, you have to root for evil or evil. Which one's less evil? I root for the less evil one. Yeah, so the, the worst fans in my
2: experience were at FSU when BJ Daniels had his debut, and, and they... Really unexpectedly lost to a a USF that they didn't expect to lose to. There were bats involved. Oh, wow. And so that was my experience there, so I don't have a lot of respect for that. 2009, that was a fun one. Yeah, I was there. That that program. But I thought West Virginia, I mean, I feel like if the team wins, if you had a good experience at Auburn and they lost, that is a real
0: yeah. Probably good fan base. They were couldn't so have work. been nicer to us after we after we won that game. And they're like, Y'all were great. Thanks for getting Tommy fired. Um so they were great. Notre Dame, they were kind of dicks. I, I I'm trying to But honestly, when we go on the road and like even like that Nevada game, like we found random people just to like tailgate. Like if you go on the road and I, and I hope USF fans are that hospitable too to everyone except those idiots down the street. Like if people come Bring them your tailgate. Give them some beer. Show them good, like because when you travel, it's just good karma. It's just good life. Pay it forward. Stuff. Well, pay, pay it, forward. it forward. Absolutely. So all right, are we done? I think so. Eddie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. <clears throat> Pleasure to be here. Don't forget if your back hurts. You have to plug yourself. I can't. You're so can't. you're so bad at this. FloridaWellness.com. There are five locations in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah. There are five locations in the Tampa Bay area for your chiropractic needs, including one. Um, where's the closest one to my office? Downtown. The by the Y, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's the one across from Hatrick. Everyone knows Hatricks. Yeah. yeah if you, the one across the street from Hatricks. If your back goes out, you're in the core of the city, and. Then, uh, you have one in, where's the one north of the city? Carroll, No, like the other way north. Like. Oh, like Pasco. We have yeah. one in, 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 in Zephyr Hills. Okay.
2: And in Trinity and in Spring Hill. Trinity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For all of you who commute to USF Games from Trinity. Ooh, is, it Pas- is that Pasco County? Two in Pasco, yeah. Oh, okay. One in Hernando, two in, in Hillsborough. Yeah. That's good. For all of you friends that always say that we make too many South Tampa We make too many South Tampa jokes, <laughs> you can appreciate Florida Wellness's offices in Spring Hill and Trinity, which is way up there. And Zephyr Hill's where Joey lives. Joey Knight. Knight lives up there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He went to ice Big there, time huh? Zephyr guy. Ah, that's right. I forgot. Sorry, Sorry for that. him. We got anything else? Um, by the way, we walked into this building. So thank we were going to do this. Thank l- you for the plug. But. Uh, yeah. So we were going to do this from the publics on campus, but we were afraid they were gonna close, so we didn't go there. Um, But I, I drove by, there's BurgerFi, Dude, do you know, like the freshman 15 is now like the freshman 25 with a burger file. I was campus. thrilled with Chick-fil-A when we got chick Oh,
2: I was so thrilled.
0: That was so good. And then now like these kids have access to like legitimately good Public subs. Kids. I live two blocks from a Burger Fi now and I have the app on my phone and like order it and just go pick it up sometimes. And that's like my default. Like I don't want to get something from a Chichio's concept meal. Like and it's not good for me. No. So these poor kids, man. And it's probably on the meal plan. You can probably go to BurgerFi and use your meal plan. These kids are going to be huge, man. No wonder we're gaining weight on the offensive line. They're probably freaking on to murder. 300 pounds. Yeah. right. That's what we need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 300 pounds. Push them right. around. All right. This was fun. Go Bulls. Right. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Bulls.